There is a lot to think about. In fact, there's way more to think about than you actually have time to think about. But thankfully, that's okay. The truth is, you don't think about most of the stuff there is to think about, and that includes even the stuff you do every day. Why? Because we have habits. One of the greatest mental energy saving hacks in the history of history. Here's a few more things to think about. Putting on your seatbelts. Do you ever think about that? No, that's a habit. Washing your hands. Do you ever think about that? No, that's a habit. Brushing your teeth. Ever think about that? That's a habit. Saying thank you, bless you, that's a habit. Taking out the trash on Thursdays? Habit. The truth is, you don't have to think very hard about any of these things because they're just automatic. And one of the things we know is that some of those habits may not serve us well. Not the ones I just talked about. Those are gimmies. You probably need to keep doing those. But we also have all kinds of negative habits. And it can seem like installing more helpful habits is tricky. However, installing healthy, productive habits like running or going to bed on time, ugh, I hate that one. These can be the difference makers in our performance and the results that we get. Hi, I'm Joel Miller, Chief Product Officer here at Full Focus. This is the Business Accelerator Podcast, and today we are talking about habits. Why? Well, it goes back to not having enough time to think about everything. The truth is, if you can install some habits that are truly helpful, you can cut out a lot of unnecessary thinking and effort that instead you could put towards other purposes while reaping the benefit of those positive habits. So, to get into that today, Michael and Megan are going to have a conversation about three habits that they each would like to either install or reinstall. Next, I'm going to talk with our Chief Revenue Officer, Courtney Baker. You may also know her as one of the co-hosts of the Focus on This podcast. We are going to talk about two habits that are ingrained in the Full Focus system and yet a lot of people miss. All right, Ken, do you know what's happening right now? No, I have no idea. <laughs> well, first of all, it's your favorite time of year, finally. And yes! We can act, okay, like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over. Jingle bells, jingle. Yes. Uh, it's our holiday sale here at Full Focus. Oh, And we have better. some really awesome deals going on, especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals. This is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year. And so we have got uh, some awesome deals. So we've got 10% off site-wide. Um, we've got where you can get a free um, Your Best Year Ever vinyl sticker pack for any new planner subscri subscription that you sign up for. So these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug. Wow, you already put them on yeah. your Stanley mug? And if are you got them, them if you got them on Black Friday, these are different. These are these are going to be new for the new year. Uh, but they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner, you can put them on your computer, wherever you want them. 
but they're great. Good. They're great stickers. We're also doing 25% off courses. Let's go. So specifically, we've been talking a lot about our goal setting course. Um, and this is going to be $75 off and you get a free ticket to your best year ever live with your purchase. So you definitely don't, huge. it's like a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. So you don't want to miss out on that. And your favorite thing, which is our certification program we're doing $800 off of it. And this is a fantastic time of year to get in. Um, we are actually going to be doing a beta group for our new digital planner. Yes. It's going to be fantastic. Crazy exciting. So anyways, go to fullfocusstore.com now shop our holiday sale. Make sure to use the code holiday 10 to get all these deals and more. First up in this double header on habits, Michael Hyatt, our founder and chairman, along with Megan Hyatt Miller, our CEO, are going to be talking about three habits each, habits that they would like to install or reinstall. When we say install, we mean make these activities habitual, put them on autopilot. And the reason, of course, is simple. You don't want to have to think about it every time you want to do something positive. You want to save those brain cells for something better. Instead, you just want to be able to like get the benefit of doing those things. That's what Michael and Megan are talking about. Let's drop into their conversation now. So habits are mostly formed automatically. And many of our actions are on autopilot. And we never intentionally set the destination. But of course, there's been a big move recently in the last few years for people to be intentional about engineering habits so they can have a higher quality of life. And I think all of that is great and it's right. So I talk about habits specifically in my book, Your Best Year Ever. My team and I even wrote a whole book about it called No Fail Habits. But Megan and I are going to share two to three habits each that we either have or we're trying to install, or in my case, reinstall after medical leave to develop and enhance goal pursuit and productivity. So Megan, you ready to dive in? Yeah, I'm really excited about this because we didn't really get to talk about this in advance, which is always kind of fun. And I'm curious to see how similar our go-to habits are or what we want to create and how different they are. Well, I think if history is true to form, we're going to have a lot of overlap. Probably. Let's see. Okay, so let's let's talk about the first habit that you're trying to form. Well, actually, all of my habits are ones that I actually have installed. Oh, except fine. For, <laughs> except for one, which is a little, you know, shaky at the moment. I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But the first one that is installed is getting in bed by nine o'clock. I mean, this is kind of like my holy grail habit (laughs) in a way. I am definitely a morning person, not a crazy early morning person, but I like to get up early in the morning and I am just done by nine o'clock. I'm really probably done by 8.30 if I could convince Joel to go to bed at 8.30 because we believe in going to bed together. That would be even better, but that's our compromise. Nine o'clock is our compromise. And what I know about myself is that if I get enough sleep, I can do anything. I am the same exact way. Now, you say you get up early. By the way, this is one of mine. So this is where we have total overlap. Okay. And I was doing great. I mean, this was an installed habit that I've literally done for decades, unless it was something unusual or intentional, 
where I wanted to stay up later than nine. Right. But then I went on medical leave and somehow I developed this new habit, which was <laughs> be in bed by 1030. Oh, no. And so, so now late. I'm trying to get this habit back yeah. because like you, I believe that, you know, sleep is the single most important thing we can do for our health, for our focus and for our creativity. But when you say early, what do you mean when you get up early? Um, well, I'm going to kind of steal my thunder on the next one. But normally I get up at five. But over the last several months, and I'll wait and tell you why in a second, I've been getting up more like at six or 6.30. See, me and I too. Actually, I kind of like that a little better. It's interesting. I, I don't know if this is just like the older I get, the more sleep I want to have. But uh, partly what's going on is I was really struggling with my sleep for months. Oh, it was miserable. I bet you guys listening have been in this situation where no matter how hard you try or what time you go to bed, you know, it's just not going well. I got one of those aura rings. I think we actually talked about this on a podcast not that long ago, maybe in the last six months. And what I discovered is that I was not getting enough deep sleep. So I didn't have a problem going to sleep, staying asleep, getting up, whatever, but I would get up and I would feel so tired and I would feel so tired during the day. And consistently, I was just, I think you're supposed to get, you know, about an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes or something like that of deep sleep. And I was getting like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and it was just not enough. And so I tried all kinds of things and I finally ended up figuring it out thanks to a doctor that you and I have both been working with who does peptide therapy. And there's a particular peptide that's helpful um, for sleep and that really made the difference, but that took a long time. So this is a big one for me that I've been going to bed at nine consistently, but I haven't been getting good sleep until about the last month. And I'm, I'm like, I'm back, I'm back in action. It's amazing the difference that it makes. It's kind of like when you have a newborn and they finally start sleeping through the night and you're like, how was I ever doing this before? <laughs> well, I struggled with the same thing. You know, I've enjoyed during this medical leave sleeping into six, 6.30, sometimes seven, and I've been averaging almost nine hours a night. Yeah. But here's the problem. Now I'm kind of back in full swing. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait, you know, that late to get up. I have to get up at five, which means I have to get, I have to be in, my rule is I have to be in bed by nine. Yeah. Now the challenge is that my partner has to agree. <laughs> and in theory, she does. But it's not always the case. And, you know, probably in fairness, she would say there are times when she's waiting on me. Right. But, but it takes a lot of coordination. We've had a lot going on lately. We've had a lot going on. So the other thing that we've decided is that we have to start getting ready for bed. We like to take baths at night. So we, we have to start getting ready for bed at about 8. This eight, is a ten. big hack. Yes. Because the problem is, because I've done this well and I've done this not well. If you wait until nine o'clock, let's say you, you know, you've made a commitment to yourself or to your spouse that you're going to go to bed at nine or whatever your time is. And, you know, like five minutes before you're like, oh, it's almost that time. Better get going. It won't happen. No. You actually have to like prepare to go to bed. I think this is so important. So one of the ways that I'm kind of track this is, first of all, I came up with all the reasons why this was important. Right. And so we recommend this in your best year ever, come up with a list of, of the reasons, your why behind the goal. So I want to get to bed 
by nine. And I'm not the kind of person that, you know, stays up late on the weekends or whatever. So I can pretty much do it seven nights a week. But I came up with all the lists, which we've already covered. But the other thing I'm doing is I'm using the streak tracker in the full focus planner to check off when I do it. And then in my weekly preview, I'm going to talk more about that in a minute, but in my weekly preview, I'm looking how I did versus the previous week. So this last week, for example, to tell you how badly I suck at this, <laughs> I got to bed. I had the intention every single day. I actually accomplished it three times. That's not as bad as what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to well, say once or zero. I... <laughs> I don't know. I, I think the hardest person I'm, I have to manage is me. Right. That's all of us. And I'm not very compliant. <laughs> so what keeps you from going to bed? What are you doing instead? I'll be involved. This is me. I'll be involved in some thing, you know, maybe watching a TV show. It may be working on like right now I'm working through some personal financial stuff. And I think... Gosh, you know, I just, I'm almost there. I just need another five minutes. Right. And then it's another 10 minutes. And when I get focused on something, I get laser locked. I don't need to eat. I don't need to sleep. I barely know there's an external world. This is Joel, like 1,000%. He's like, I just got to finish this thought. That's what he always says. And I'm like, oh no, that's like 30 minutes. Oh, and I'm, and I'm you know, coupled with being unbelievably bad at estimating how long things take. <laughs> Then, then I'll find myself, you know, at 9.30 or 10 o'clock and Gail's like, are you coming to bed? So that's, that's the biggest impediment. Yeah. So if I'm less than my sharpest self today or sound a little bit off, you know why? Well, all that's to say, sleep is a very important sleep. habit. And it starts with getting in bed on time. I think I didn't know that years ago when I struggled with this. That it's not about just trying to stay in bed long enough, because I think that's sort of what we think if this is not maybe an area of mastery yet. But it really begins with the commitment of what time you're going to be in bed and what you do leading up to that. If you can get that part figured out, the rest will kind of take care of itself for the most part, unless you have sleep issues. And that's where, you know, you need some medical intervention, probably. But I totally agree. And let me just say that I, I think the one takeaway for those of you listening that would be helpful is use a streak tracker. You know, what gets measured improves. And I think that one of the best things you could do to hack your way to better habits and a better life is track your progress because sometimes we're self-deceived. Like mm -hmm. how much coffee we're drinking or how much water we're not drinking or how much alcohol we drink or whatever it is, it's easy until you measure it to just sort of guesstimate it. And we're usually yeah. pretty bad at that. That's, that's really true. Okay, so since we both had the same one, how about if I go on the second one? Okay, go ahead. Walking and exercise. Oh my gosh, literally identical. <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> I feel like this is so predictable at this point. It's, you know, people are rolling their eyes right now. I know. Well, it's, <laughs> I'll tell you why it's mine. Because I was, I was doing pretty great on my walking was kind of struggling, to be honest, on the strength training. And then I had my cardiac event. I like the euphemism of that. That's like air quotes. Yeah. I had my cardiac event. Then I got out of the habit of exercising. Mm -hmm. And so they had me walking. 
And literally one week after my surgery, I was walking four times a day. Now you have to understand these are very small walks, like five minutes at a time. But then I started getting out a more normal routine and I just haven't been able to do it. So I'm doubled down on that. And last week, and I hate to report on myself, but I'm going to report on myself. I had the intention of doing it every single day. And again, I did it three days. So when I was doing my weekly preview last night, I said, this has got to be fixed. I mean, exercise is critically important. You know, sort of the trifecta to me is nutrition, exercise, and sleep. You know, those three. But I've got to get this exercise thing fixed. And all I, all I really need to walk is two miles a day. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my goal. But it's just, it's finding that time. And this is one of the things that, that we teach in your best year ever is that if you have an activation trigger. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, something or, or if you can, another little hack. I don't know. I can't remember if we talk about that in your best year ever, but it's to stack habits in collections of habits so mm-hmm. that one feeds into the next. So if you have a morning routine, like I do, like exercises be would be one of those. And so the last thing that I'm doing before I exercise in that sequence called my morning ritual is reciting my daily affirmations. Hmm. So I could go straight from daily affirmations to exercise. That's the theory. But here's the thing. If I don't get to bed on time, then I sleep in. And then typically what I jettison is the thing that's the end at the end of my morning ritual, which is exercise. So I remember years ago when you first started talking about your commitment to exercise and this habit and activation triggers, you would leave your clothes out for exercise on that little ottoman in your bathroom. Have you tried to do that again? Or like, do you have any activation triggers like that that you were using? No, but I can't believe I forgot about that. I'm going to start using that again. Yeah. I, I, by the way, I wish habits were a one and done kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but good habits often get supplanted by bad habits. Well, so my or, bad habit is I don't get to bed on time, I sleep in, and then it cascades into everything else like dominoes. Yeah. Well, also, I think it just to normalize it for everybody, I mean, things happen in your life, whether it's totally. a major medical event or family emergency, both of which you've had um, in the last several months, you know, with your parents and their health issues. They had COVID several weeks ago and were in the hospital twice and, you know, you and mom and your sister were providing round the clock care for them. Anyway, I mean, it's just lots of things. And I think it's just important to say that is going to happen. Yes. It's not a realistic expectation to think that you're going to have habits that you will install that you're never going to have to come back to again. Well, this, I think we should mention with this, that this is why, again, in your best year ever, we talk about a compliance standard. Yeah. So in other words, how many times do I have to do it in a row before I'm out of compliance, allowing for life. Right. So for me, usually 90 to 95% compliance is enough. I'd, I'd like to be at 100%, but that's realistically, I mean, I may get it a few weeks in a row, but that's not a realistic standard for me. And I've had a lot of people that have asked me when they first started following our advice on on habits, they said, okay, 
So if it takes about 120 days to install a habit, which is what the research shows, if it takes about 120 days, and what happens if I get to day 90 and I miss, do I have to start the streak back over? <laughs> like, no. So I'm coming up with a compliance standard of how many times can I miss during that stretch when I'm trying to install the habit and still be good? Mm-hmm. And I figured that out on the front end so that I don't have a lot of anxiety about like, oh, I guess I can miss. Like right now I'm in cardiac rehab. And they said to me, they said, you've got 24 sessions paying for these, by the way, but you can have five misses before we boot you out of the program. So that's good. That's a, that's a compliance standard. That's helpful. And it's, you know, it's leverage, frankly, to get to the program and work out. Mm -hmm. Well, as I said, also for me is walking and exercise. I, for many years have walked almost daily And love it. Walked outside. I don't even talk about putting me on a treadmill. I'd rather be out there in my big coat when it's freezing cold. You know, I love getting outdoors. And then I've been very consistent at lifting weights, which I also enjoy. Maybe not quite as much as walking, but I definitely enjoy the effects on my body. And I enjoy how it makes me feel strong. However, for the last year, and especially the last six months, I have had chronic and excruciatingly painful plantar fasciitis on one of my feet. So, you know, it's like, tell me you're 40, over 40 without telling me you're over 40, you know? Uh, The big, chunky Hoka running shoes that I have would be a dead giveaway. (laughs) But uh, I've been struggling with solving that problem to your point of, you know, life happens. Sometimes we get injuries or other things that derail us. And this one has really derailed me in the last, probably for about the last four months. I have not been consistent. And you know, I finally got to the place because I thought, well, if I just rest, it'll go away. And it hasn't. So finally, a couple of weeks ago, I found a doctor of physical therapy here locally. I'm now working with her on a weekly basis. I'm doing some other things and dry needling and, you know, all kinds of exciting, not so comfortable stuff. And I think I'm going to get it figured out. But I finally decided I've got to really engage that process of healing because I am committed to this. And what I love about exercise and the reason that this is something that I would say is not only something I want to get back to, but is something that has been such a cornerstone for so long is my best ideas come when I'm out walking. In fact, so many times, probably a couple of times a week, I'll call you because we typically walk around the same time, you know, or at least we overlap a little bit and I'll call you and be like, okay, I was just thinking about this. You know, I'll start off with a podcast and I know exactly the spot that I normally get to on my regular walking path where usually I turn the podcast off because I have too many thoughts in my mind and I've got to shift gears uh, and call you or, or like, you know, write it down in my notes or send a voice message to someone or whatever. And so to me, this is so powerful for getting your brain in its optimal state. I'm just a huge fan of it. So I know I've done it before. I know I can re-engage it again, but I've got to sort of slow down to speed up and engage this healing process in order to make that possible. Okay. I want to mention two things here, just to kind of wrap up this point and then, then move on. But so our listeners can get the lessons out of this. Unlike you, I actually hate exercise. I don't enjoy it, <laughs> but I like how I feel after I've right. exercised For sure. and I like what else I can do when I exercise like listening to podcasts or audiobooks. So this is a hack. If you don't like the habit, try to find something that the habit produces that you do like. Okay, I have to say something about that. 
for all you parents out there, that's what got me exercising consistently in the first place because I had all these kids. You know, if you're a new listener to the show, I have five kids, 21 to three years old, but they weren't always that old. At one time, they were very small, right? And I had no time to read or to do any self-reflection. And that was my time. I mean, that's what I told myself. You get 45 minutes a day all by yourself to learn and grow. And I would pick out podcasts and I would get excited about it or have an audiobook. And really, that was my self-development time. Mine is daily filling out of my daily page in the Full Focus Planner. So this is deceptively simple. It's something that I have done for years and years and years. And basically, I open up my planner. I try to remember to leave it as an activation trigger next to the chair where I always have my coffee in the morning. So that's a a good little hack to install this as a habit. And I take a couple of minutes. This does not take very long. This is probably like less than five minutes. I refer to my weekly big three objectives that I'm committed to accomplishing for that week. And then I identify what I'm going to accomplish today. And I write down my schedule for the day and I make sure it all works. And it just helps me to feel oriented toward what's coming, make sure that what I'm planning to do is aligned with my goals and it's aligned with the objectives I'm committed to. And it keeps me from feeling like I'm just tossed into the middle of the chaos of life, you know, that I I really have a sense of where I'm going and what I'm trying to do. And on the days, rarely do I ever not do this. On the days that I don't, I, I feel so unmoored. I, I really don't like it. So this one has become an anchor habit for me. So let me just make sure I understand. So this is not a habit you're trying to build. Right. This is one you've already got installed. Yeah, That's the absolutely. language I like to use. You've got it installed into your system. Yes. You do it without thinking. It yes. just happens. Yep. It's as much as I have my coffee in the morning, I plan my day and it just takes a couple of minutes. You know, when, when I had a newborn daughter and I had to really truncate my morning ritual, um, this is one of the things that I kept because it only takes about five minutes. I would have my coffee, I would plan my day and I would read a quick devotional and the whole thing was less than 15 minutes. And I could usually manage that no matter what happened. And it's one that I don't ever want to let go of. Okay. Another principle out of this one is, and we've mentioned it before, is the activation trigger idea. So is there something that will prompt you to fulfill the habit that you're committed to? So laying out your workout clothes in a very conspicuous place where you see them first thing in the morning, if you're going to exercise in the morning, is a great activation trigger because you see them and you go, oh yeah, I committed that I was going to exercise. In your case, leaving your full focus planner where you have coffee Mm -hmm. is an activation trigger. So When you're trying to build a habit, ask yourself, what could be the activation trigger that that basically launches me into the habit? Okay, so my last habit, which was well installed before my medical leave, and I hate to blame everything on medical leave, but it really did disrupt my life, you know, in a major way. And so because I wasn't working, I didn't feel the same need for a weekly preview like we teach in a variety of uh, courses and so forth that that we publish and also is an integral part of the Full Focus Planner. So I've been trying to get back to that. And boy, has it been tough. And I would say that the daily habits are easier to install, in my experience, because you're confronted with it every day. But the weekly preview, by definition, is a weekly thing. So if you miss a week, 
you got to wait another week for the opportunity. I mean, maybe theoretically you wouldn't. And there have certainly been times where I missed my normal Sunday night weekly preview and did it, you know, first thing Monday morning. But that's rare. And if I miss it Monday morning, forget it. I'm mm-hmm. just going to fly blind through the week. So I've been trying to in- install that again. So once again, I had to reconnect with why it was important. And the reason for me that it's important is because I need a discipline of reviewing what's happening, evaluating what's happening. Because particularly as an Enneagram 3, I check things off, never think about them again. Because I'm all about the accomplishment. But what that means is that if I don't have a discipline for reflection, I don't really have the opportunity or don't take the opportunity to assess how my life's going and course correct. The other thing about the weekly preview that I love is that it's not only a look back, but it's a look forward. And there's nothing worse than, say, getting to Thursday and you've got some commitment that you didn't prepare for because you didn't review it, for me, on Sunday night. So if I know what's coming up the next week, then it really kind of helps me structure my time and my thinking so that I'm prepared for the week mentally. You know, I didn't list this as one of mine, and this is the only one that you and I have that's different from each other, but I actually have this as an installed habit as well, because I find that, you know, our life is is busy. Sometimes it's chaotic as we're recording this. My kids are in the middle of studying for midterms. I did mine yesterday. Jonah had a golf clinic that he was a part of, and I sat in the car. I did my weekly preview because I thought, gosh, if I don't wrap my head around this week and all that has to happen... I am not going to be confident going into the week. And to me, the greatest benefit of the weekly preview is the confidence that you have when you start the week because you know what's happening, you feel in control, you have a sense of what needs to be accomplished each day. It doesn't feel overwhelming. You could actually sleep on Sunday night because you're not dreading or, you know, have that sort of sense of ominous, big things are coming, but I'm not sure really what they are. Um, I, I just think this is, an, a, an incredibly helpful habit and discipline and it works really well with the other ones we talked about, like getting enough sleep. I have one more thing that we need to say as a part of this. This wasn't okay. a tool, but it's okay if you have fallen out of a habit you've consistently practiced for years because some big life event happened. I mean, we're both talking about that in our own situations. It doesn't mean that you can't reinstall it. And it's, it's a normal part of life to have things that interrupt even our most foundational habits. And the important thing is to come back to it. That's exactly right. You know, the, the person who falls and gets back up, you know, that's, a, that's just life. And that's also what we have to develop is that kind of resilience where if we fall out of the habit, we can get back on track. And so it's never too late. And by the way, it doesn't mean you're a failure. You know, I have to constantly be revisiting these habits. There's few of them that get so installed so deeply that I never have to think about them again, because all it takes is some life-altering event or change in circumstances that disrupts your practice of your habits, like a vacation or even a sabbatical will change everything. So it, it requires constant vigilance. I think it's fun how much overlap there was actually in Michael and Megan's list. If you know them, that's not all that surprising. Definitely for me, walking and exercise is huge. I walk every day. And I mean 
every day. I can't think of a time I don't walk. And I don't think that much about it. I just get up and go. And if for some reason my schedule gets interrupted and I can't go in the morning when I usually go, I go in the evening. I just have to get out and walk. The benefit of that is the question of will I exercise or not is already answered. I can save that attention for something different. Instead, I get the benefit of walking and I get to save those brain cells for more productive thinking. This time-saving component of habits is important to hold on to, especially for business owners, because if there's one thing that you don't have, it's extra time. And if there's one thing habits can do, it's save it. And that's doubly true with certain types of habits. And so that's why I wanted to speak with Courtney Baker about two habits that can really help overwhelm business owners get control of their schedule. We'll get to that after the break. Marissa, I cannot tell you how excited I am for your best year ever live coming up January 5th. Yes, I'm so excited too. I can't wait. Yes, this is the event that you would want to come attend if you're just like, man, I want to look at how well did I do in the past, but I also want to set myself up for success to have, like we call it in the title, your best year ever. This is the event you want to be at. We have thousands of people coming to this event already. And you and I will be emceeing this event. Yes. So there's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of excitement to come join us to make it a great year for you. Now, in order for you to receive it, all you have to do is buy the full focus goal setting course and you get a ticket to your best year ever. Yes. And the best part is that that course is 25% off right now. So... Uh, you're going to get a discount and a ticket to the live event, which is normally $197. That's a killer deal. So it's a killer deal. It's a no-brainer in my opinion. Um, But definitely join us. It's going to be so much fun. January 5th, it's totally virtual. So no matter where you are in the world or... um, you know, whether you can get on a plane or not, don't worry about it. You don't have to. You can do this from the comfort of your own home and we'll be right there. Yeah. And just imagine having your goals already set for the entire year and a plan to execute them. Yeah. That's worth all the money that you can. And the best part, it's a free event for you yeah. if you buy the Full Focus Goal Setting Course. Yes. All right. Well, we would love to see you there. So make sure to go to fullfocusstore.com and take advantage of this deal. We'd love to see you at your best driver live. We hear from clients that they often find themselves putting out fires the moment they start working and can't seem to get their bearings until late in the morning, maybe even late in the day. It's a guaranteed way to feel like the world is spinning out of control and you don't have any chance of catching up. But Full Focus has a solution for that. In fact, it's right there in the Full Focus Planner. And I thought, who better to talk to about this underrated feature of the planner than our very own Courtney Baker, Chief Revenue Officer and co-host of the Focus on This podcast. What exactly is a workday startup ritual, Courtney? Well, basically, I think of it as the things that I need to do to set me up to be successful during the day. And what that is actually made up of can be different for everybody. It, mm-hmm. it can even be different from for me from quarter to quarter, you know, as I reevaluate what the things are that are important for me to get ready for the day. 
And usually something that I ask myself that helps me get in the headspace for this is, you know, what are the low leverage things that have to be done, have to be handled so that I can get into higher leverage work in the day and not have to worry about Mm-hmm. Those low leverage things. They're the things that sometimes if you just, if you're like, you know what, I'm just going to do the high leverage work. You're like, yeah, that's what you should do. But unfortunately, we all have low leverage things that have to be dealt with, have to be managed. Otherwise, they can come back and, and bite us. So really, when I think about my workday startup, it's the things that I need to do to set me up to be successful for the rest of my day. These are the sort of personal hygiene moments of your workday, the teething, the, yes. the brushing your teeth and the washing your hair, you know, all that stuff. Absolutely. That's a great analogy. I'll leave it to you to come back with that. Yes. Why don't I ask you the questions, Joel? Well, yeah, we could try it, but I don't recommend it. So let's just, let's just detail this a little bit further. How does a workday startup ritual work? Yeah. So essentially it is a list of things that you are going to do to get set up for the day. If you use the full focus planner, which I highly recommend in case uh, anyone's surprised by that, um, you know, we have this in the planner that you can go in and actually write line by line what your workday startup, obviously Mm -hmm. use a piece of paper. If you don't use the planner, this is still an incredible tool. And most likely we say this all the time over on the focus on this podcast, most likely you already have some kind of ritual. You may just not be cognizant of it and it may not be very good. It may not be serving you well. You know, your ritual might look like I get to work and I open up my email inbox and then I just start answering emails until all of a sudden it's 11 o'clock and I've gotten pulled into, you know, everybody else's objectives for the day. What's important about the workday startup ritual is that I can actually help address that very problem. It would yes. seem to me. Yes. So it's a list and it's a, you know, as I mentioned a minute ago, it's dynamic in the sense that you can always be reevaluating which portions of this are working, not working. You know, is there something new I need to add, something I need to delete? But to get started, it is basically hey, what are the things I do I need to do to be successful for the day that are going to set me up to perform at my highest level? For me personally, you know, I have my calendar blocked for the first 30 minutes of my day every day. And that's when I am doing my workday startup. And every, you know, I don't allow any meetings during that time. Uh, except this one that we're doing it during that time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to step on that. <laughs> I block off the first 30 minutes and really utilize that time to handle these low leverage tasks um, to get ready for my day. That goes to my next question, which is how long does this take? Uh, mm-hmm. It sounds to me like mine takes about 15 minutes. Yours is 30. Um, that's probably the range, I would think. Yeah, I think so. And what I what I find a lot of times if you start, you know, talking to someone that spends a lot of time at night going through email and catching up on the day, you know, they they're like, yeah, you know, after I get the kids to bed, I get in bed, open up my computer and what they're doing is usually some of these things that could be addressed in a workday startup um, in a workday shutdown. But they're basically unfortunately 
taking all of that that stuff that they would call lower leverage and just doing it in right. the evenings. And so if you find yourself kind of in that camp, this tool is <laughs> it's going to change your life, honestly. That I don't think that's an understatement. Well, you teased my next question, which was like, what is a workday shutdown ritual? So we've got at the top of the day, we've got the workday startup. At the bottom, we have the workday shutdown. It addresses some different problems. Talk to us about that. Yeah, the workday shutdown. Let me just say out of the gate with this one, when I find staff members that come to me and they're just like, I am so overwhelmed, I'm so stressed, you know, I just can't seem to get ahead. I always, one of my first questions is, hey, how's your workday shutdown going? And they almost always say, you know, I haven't been, you know, I've gotten away from it. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the first tools that I say, okay, let's get that reinstalled into your daily flow. It is that important. So it's basically the same thing in reverse. I block off the last 30 minutes of my day and I have a similar similar structure, just a list of things I need to go through to make sure that I've closed out the day, mm-hmm. that I have closed the loops that I need to. And that for me specifically helps me move into a different part of my life with closure and not having to leave kind of like, oh, did I forget to do that thing? Or, oh, you know what? Was Joel still waiting for me to get back to him on that email? It really helps close the door and move on to a new, uh, the next chapter of my day. It kind of closes the, metaphorically speaking, the open browser tabs of the workday. Yes, absolutely. I I feel like what normally happens, and I can certainly fall into this, we when we feel overwhelmed or stressed, our default is, no, I've got to work up until the very last minute of the day. You mm-hmm. know, maybe I've got a big project. You know, for example, Joel, I know this week you've been working on a manuscript. Mm-hmm. You know, I think our cultural default is I've got to work on that manuscript until it's, you know, 5.30. And then I got to right. run out the door to get to a kid's soccer game. Unfortunately, what that does is it leaves, like you said, all these open tabs. People are waiting for you. You know, your email has not been addressed. The anxiety that I find that produces in me is not tenable for me to be good in the other area of my life. You know, I show up to that soccer game sure. and all I'm thinking about or or I'm trying to do email at the soccer game because I yeah. haven't taken the time to close out the things I needed to on my work day. So and this so, is really a tool for work-life balance too. Absolutely. I mean, for me, I find it so helpful for that and really helpful for getting good sleep at night. (laughs) Another great tool for work-life balance. Yes. So, you know, in the Full Focus Planner, we have the morning and evening ritual. And I I feel a little bit like those get a lot of press, you know, um, not only from our own users, but just culturally, uh, generally. Uh, A lot of people are busy talking about their morning routines and how it helps them crush their thises and thats. And it's just kind of everywhere people talk about that. But the workday startup and shutdown ritual, even in our own world, I don't hear that talked about as much as I would assume. And, you know, instead of being kind of like the forgotten cousin of the morning 
uh, and evening rituals, it it really is a, a an incredible tool for taking stock of the day, for getting control of all the chaos, mm-hmm. and and just being able to kind of confidently open one chapter of the day, close that same chapter in the day, and then move on into the next phase of the day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing that I didn't mention with my workday shutdown is that is the time that I set my daily big three for the next day. Mm -hmm. Now, some people do workday startup, but for me, that's just what works better. Um, And so again, that's in the full focus system. It's that time of being able to think intentionally about the work that we're going to pursue, that we're pursuing the right things. And so again, without that time set aside to do it, you know, it's nearly impossible. Otherwise, you're just trying to do it kind of on the fly. And most yeah, likely you're in reactive mode. Yeah. And that reactive mode, unfortunately, doesn't produce good results. And then you end the day feeling like I worked really hard, but I didn't get anything done or anything and, that I and, wanted and to And I do. still have so much left to do. Right. right? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's seven o'clock, eight o'clock, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I still got all those emails to deal with. Yeah, exactly. Courtney, any final thoughts on Workday Startup and Shutdown? You know, it's really hard for me to actually imagine not doing a Workday Startup and Shutdown. I've been doing it for so long. But if you're someone that has never tried this, I would put this at the highest priority of habits to try, especially when it comes to, well, I was going to say to your pro- professional life, but I I actually think it might be even more beneficial to the other areas of your life yeah. because of the bookend nature of this. And so if you're thinking about habits that might make other things possible this year, I would put this as a big challenge to test out for yourself and see how it works for you. Are you able to perform better? Are you able to go into your evening with more focus on the thing that you're trying to focus on at that time? Are you able Mm -hmm. to sleep better? So there's my challenge. Try it out. You can literally do it with a piece of paper. It's that easy. Courtney Baker, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks, Joel. Okay, so far, I've talked about saving time, I've talked about saving mental effort, and I've talked about improving results. Those three things go together really under one header, if you think about it. Automating your sanity. And that's exactly what habits do. Because you don't have to think about everything, remember all of it, keep tabs of all the flying details buzzing around your head, you're able to stay focused on the few things that really matter. You put everything else on autopilot. As for time, once you start automating certain behaviors, once you start optimizing those automations, what you'll find is that you save gobs of time every week in A, not having to think about things, and B, just getting to the results that you want faster. Plus, there's just the benefits that accrue to these positive behaviors. In the case of more sleep, you're looking at more energy, better mental function. In the case of exercise, you're talking about many of the same benefits, plus physical health. If you talk about your workday startup and shutdown ritual, you're talking about corralling all the crazy in your life so you don't have to chase after this thing or that thing in order to get started on your day. Instead, you can get laser locked on what you need to do right off the bat. 
And let's be honest, there's no better time of year to start this adventure in creating some positive habits than the beginning of the new year. We just heard a couple episodes ago from Katie Milkman about the power of fresh starts. You can leverage that right now to make some serious progress on a few habits that you want to install this year. And let me just put a plug in for the Workday Startup and Shutdown. They're minor, they're not that big a deal, but if you do it, they can have an outsized effect on your results. That's it for another episode of the Business Accelerator podcast. If you're a business owner and you're interested in learning more about our Business Accelerator coaching program, go to businessaccelerator.com. We help busy but growth-minded small business owners just like you scale yourself and your business so you can win at work and succeed at life. It's what we call the double win. And if you'd like to make that a habit for yourself, go to businessaccelerator.com. That's it. We'll be back next week with more conversations to help you accelerate your business. All right, Ken, do you know what's happening right now? No, I have no idea. (laughs) Well, first of all, it's your favorite time of year, finally. Yes! We can act, okay, like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Yes. Uh, it's our holiday sale here at Full Focus. Oh, and we have better. some really awesome deals going on, especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals. This is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year. And so we have got uh, some awesome deals. So we've got 10% off site wide. Um, we've got where you can get a free um, your best year ever vinyl sticker pack. For any new planner subscription that you sign up for. So these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug. Wow, you already put them on your Stanley mug? And if you got them them on Black Friday, these are different. These are going to be new for the new year. Uh, But they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner. You can put them on your computer, wherever you want them. But they're great. Good. They're great stickers. We're also doing 25% off courses. Let's go. So specifically, we've been talking a lot about our goal setting course. Um, and this is going to be $75 off and you get a free ticket to your best year ever live with your purchase. So you definitely don't. It's huge. like a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. So you don't want to miss out on that. And your favorite thing, which is our certification program we're doing $800 off of it. And this is a fantastic time of year to get in. Um, we are actually going to be doing a beta group for our new digital planner. Yes. It's going to be fantastic. Crazy exciting. So anyways, go to fullfocusstore.com now shop our holiday sale. Make sure to use the code holiday 10 to get all these deals and more.